Praise the Lord. Come on now. Yeah, just give him a 30-second, 30 30-second 30 praise break. You can do this. Come on. Yeah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen, amen, amen. I might be slightly messed up a little bit here. Listen, folks. I can't find my notes. There they are. <laughs> so, we are here today to celebrate something huge. And it's summed up in this one word, behold. Behold, which is the title of today's program. And I took the liberty, and we're going to call it the title of today's message, Behold. Now, as we dive into this word, Behold, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time talking to you today because I think we're ready to get out of here, but, 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 I want to make sure that we grab hold of this word, Behold, in the place today. For Behold has some significance in meeting. I can come into this place, and I can look at you, and I can say, Behold, and we can run all kinds of scenarios. I could take a young child and lift it up and say, Behold, but here's the ultimate idea behind the word behold. And that is a very simple, singular word, and it is to see. Now, here's the deal. I don't know if anybody in this room has physically seen Jesus. Like as real as you're seeing me in the room today. But I would venture to say that I'm in a room full of people that have seen Jesus. So maybe we've got to grasp or get an understanding of what it is to see Jesus. For in my heart, in my mind's eye, to see Jesus goes beyond seeing is believing and goes well into faith is knowing. Did you hear what I said today? In this room today, seeing is not believing, but having faith is knowing. Having faith is knowing. Another word or translation or meaning for the word behold is simply this. Pointing out a person. So for the next 10 or 15 minutes, my goal is that I would point out a person to you, and his name is Jesus. And in doing this today, I'm actually going to start with the ending and work back to the beginning. We're going to begin with the end and then end with the beginning. And the way we're going to do that is we're going to start together in the book of Hebrews chapter 2. And we're going to read verses 5 through 15. And check out what it says this morning. It says this in verse 5. For it was not to angels that God subjected the world to come of which we are speaking. It has been testified somewhere what is man that you are mindful of him or the son of man that you care for him. You made him for a little while lower than the angels. You have crowned him with glory and honor, putting everything, say everything, everything in subjection under his feet. Now, in putting everything in subjection to him, he left nothing outside his control. At present, we do not see yet, or we do not yet see everything in subjection to him. In verse 9, a key verse in all of this, it says, but we see him 
who for a little while was made lower than the angels, namely Jesus. He was crowned with glory and honor because of the sufferings of his death, so that by the grace of God, he might taste death for everyone. This would be the, really the beginning of the end right here. And in verse 10, it goes on. It says, for it was fitting that he, for whom and by whom all things exist, and bringing many sons to glory, should make the founder of their salvation perfect through suffering. For he who sanctifies and those who are sanctified all have one source. That is why he is not ashamed to call them brothers, saying, I will tell of your name to my brothers in the midst of the congregation. I will sing your praise. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, behold... I and the children God has given me since. Therefore, the children share in flesh and blood. He himself likewise partook of the same thing, that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. Slavery. <laughs> Let's pray together. Father, I thank you so much for your son. Lord, I thank you that in this place we are going to behold the one that is worthy of beholding. That apart from him, there's nothing more glorious and more beautiful to see. So, Lord, in this place today, I pray we would all see you, Jesus. Amen. Now, I want to particularly look at verse 9. I pointed it out as we were reading in this together. And it says, but we see him for a little while was made lower than the angels, namely Jesus, crowned with glory and honor because of the sufferings of death, so that by the grace of God, he might taste death for everybody. So what do we see here in verse 9? Three real quick points that we see here, which are my subpoints to my real points. It's a way to get two sermons in in one, and I promise I'll do it in just a few minutes. So what we see here is we see a picture of God coming to earth. His name is Jesus, and it says this clearly. For a little while was made lower than the angels, namely Jesus. How did he do that? Well, he separated himself from the throne of heaven, like he left his deity for just a moment, and he came and he, so he could experience life as you and I experience it. He could experience the temptations, the struggle, the pain, the sorrow, yet in all of that, he managed to do it flawlessly. Setting the example for all of us that in his flawless act, he can make you and I right as well. What a powerful thing that he has done. We also see a picture of his death. And we don't think of his death this way, but look at how the author describes it. They say in his death, he was crowned with glory and honor. What a powerful description of what his death did or looked like. And how is this? Because of his suffering. And then we see a picture of the promise. And that is this, by the grace of God, he might taste this death for everyone. 
You see, I don't have to taste death. You don't have to taste death. For you and I, death is no longer. We may physically depart this body, but we shall never die. If we know Jesus as our Lord, if we honor him and serve him, if we've said we recognize that you are the king of kings and all of our lives are going to be dedicated to service and following you, I can assure you that eternity will look incredible to you and death will have no sting. It will have no victory. Death will not have a place in your life. And that's a great place to sit. And I'm going to tell you yay and amen to that. I'm going to stand here in front of you and say, I'm not going to die. Can you say the same in this place today? Can you say the same in this place today? So let's back up just a little bit, can we? So that's the end, right? The end. What Jesus came to this earth to do. Why we behold him in this place. Why it's possible. But he had to do something very practical and very real and very in front of us in this season and this time. And he had to come. He had to show up. He had to present himself for who he is. The servant king, the lonely, lowly child lying in a manger. The best way I know to come up with this is reading the Christmas story from the account of the shepherds in Luke chapter 2. So in verses 8 through 20, begins with this. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, and they were keeping watch over their flocks by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find the baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God. And this is what they were saying. Glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace among those whom he is pleased. And when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby, and he was lying in a manger. And in verse 17, it says, And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them considering this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they heard and seen as it had been told them. In verse 10, the, the disciples hear a very, very, very popular, very, we know this phrase, and it's this behold. Behold or see something. What I find very interesting in this exchange right here is they're told to see something that they've only dreamt about. They're told to see something that they can only imagine. But in the so of being told, they find in this circumstance something that builds up their faith, faith to the point that they have to run towards the, the completion of the promise that they've heard about for ages and ages. Something has been told to them that builds up their faith to run towards the promise. 
as we behold Jesus in this season, I want to look through this passage of Scripture real quickly. I want to look at three observations that should play a part, part in every one of our lives if we are believers. And if you're not yet a believer, I believe in today's service, these three things will play a part in your life as well. And they're very easy and very amazing. And the disciples demonstrate this. No, I'm sorry. The, the uh, shepherds demonstrate this in their situation here. I think I called them disciples earlier, but aren't we all? I didn't really screw that one up too bad. The first thing, the first thing here is to seek. To seek. Every one of us is seeking something. And it says, when the angels went away from them into heaven, in verse 15, the shepherds said to one another, let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened. They had a promise that it had been assured to them for generations. And in this moment, face to face with the angel who has beheld said, behold, they now are placed in a situation where they can't help but seek. Now, I'm in a room full of seekers, am I not? We seek Jesus as Christians. But some of us in here have have sought out treasures, health, wealth, relationships, and all of those are great and fine. And it's good to have a, a, something to be seeking for. But the one thing that I cannot get out of my mind in this scenario here is they are going to seek something or someone that will absolutely not fail them. They're going to seek someone that will be found. They will seek something that doesn't present empty promises, but fulfilled promises. They're going to seek the one that can make the wrong right, that can make the sick well, that can make the depressed whole, that can set right all that is wrong in our lives. And it's a promise. It's a guarantee. He set out before us. His name is Jesus. And he is the one today that if you seek him, I can promise you, you will find him. It's a guarantee. As a matter of fact, when I look at this, it takes me to the next level of our adventure today. And it's find Find. It's a simple single point word, word, single word point here. We're going to find him. We will find him. And this is what happened with the disciples here. I'm sorry. I don't know why I want to call them disciples. The shepherds here in verse 16, it says, They went with haste and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And verse 17, And when they saw it, they made known. What will you find? What will you find? Will you find a pipe dream? Will you find Jesus? Will you find restriction? Will you find freedom? You see, in Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 through 7, this is what we will find. You'll find this child who is born. To us this son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and the peace, there will be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will 
still do it. We are going to find something wonderful. We're going to find the one that can make things right. Have you heard the theme? We are going to look upon. We are going to behold the only one that will never fail us. We're going to look upon the only one that can get it right for you and I. And when we find him, something real happens. Something powerful happens, and it's this. We worship. We worship. It says, and the shepherds returned. And what did they do? It says, they were glorifying and praising God for all they heard and seen as had been told them. You see, Jesus came to set us free. We understand that. But ultimately, Jesus came so that we can be righted in relationship with God and worship him in the purest and most uh, powerful form possible. He came so that we could be reunited with the very presence of God. And in that very presence of God, our worship becomes something powerful that we wouldn't have otherwise had without Jesus. You see, without Jesus, our worship to God had to start with sacrifice, blood sacrifice. Without Jesus, our worship had to start with rituals and do's and don'ts. Without Jesus, everything had to line up perfectly in our actions, our attitudes, and our deeds. But with Jesus, he has made us so right that all we have to do is come to him with outstretched arms and all is made right. And we can just say, Father God, because of Jesus, I worship you. I am in your presence. I can call you my king. I can call you my Lord. There is none like you. There is none more powerful. And in those moments, we can find true freedom in worship. And so when we seek him, we will find him. And when we find him, we will be restored to perfect worship. And that is what beholding is all about. As a matter of fact, in that process, I mentioned as I opened up the message today, there's probably two scenarios in this room. Either we have been, maybe three, but I'm going to focus on two. The two people that I want to talk to in this room today for just a moment. Maybe you have been seeking and you've found, but for some reason, there's a fire, a kindling that, that has gone out. And you're having a hard time finding that connection in worship. Because you've lost the revelation of who he is. And so today, as we close out, I want to be able to pray for you. I want to be able to just speak Jesus into your life as he shows up. I want to be able to declare as the angels did, behold. And in so doing, I want to see a fire reignited in your life to pursue Jesus. And go back to that place of finding him. And then the second person. Maybe all of your life you've been seeking things that haven't brought satisfaction and fulfillment. And you may not know Jesus as your personal king, as your personal Lord. You've never been born again. Your, your name is not what the scripture says is not written in the Lamb's book of life. You are not on your way to heaven. But today is the day of salvation, says scripture. Today is the day that in your seeking you can find him. And you would say that that is me. I want to be that one today that says yes to Jesus for the first time. So if you're that first person, 
We can call it a rededication of your life to Christ. We can call it just rekindling the fire. Are you in this room and you'd wave at me just real quick in boldness and say, you know what? I need the fire rekindled in my life. I need a new passion rekindled. I need to see Jesus again as I find him so that I can get a greater connection and worship with him. Yes, we've got some hands going up. Exactly, exactly. Amen, amen. And then the last one, I want you to be super, super, super bold with me in this place. You're that person and you're in here today and you've never made Jesus Christ your Lord. You've never said yes to him, but today something spoke to you and you've realized that I have, I have found him. And today I want to make him my Lord. You say, that's me. I want to make Jesus Christ my Lord. You've never made him your Lord and Savior, and today's the day of salvation. Is there anyone in here? Just be bold and wave at me. I don't want to miss anybody. Okay. For those of you who raised your hand in the first area and you want to rekindle that passion, I think every one of us could probably have a little bit of rekindling or a little bit of, of a fire lit underneath us. So would you all just stand with me for just a minute? And if you can, let's just stretch our hands. Stretch our hands out. Father God, in this place today, I thank you so much for your presence. Lord, I thank you that in this place we showed up and that was a form of seeking. And Lord, I know that we found you. So Lord, I thank you for this fire that's burning within us. And we just take just a brief moment and we worship you. We worship you. Just begin to tell him something good. Thank him for doing something in your life. Just all throughout the room right now. Just lift up a voice of gratitude and thanksgiving. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for coming. Thank you for righting all the wrongs. Thank you for making us in a place that we can enter into your presence. Lord, thank you for healing us. Thank you for delivering us. Thank you for setting us free. Thank you for clarity of mind. Lord, I thank you that we don't forget, but we remember. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I believe that that was just a, a, a message for somebody in this room right now. That Somebody's been struggling in this room that, that is, has been battling maybe a uh, I don't know other than to call it maybe a, just having a hard time focusing or remembering things. And I think God's just in this room to, to restore that cognitive aspect of their mind, of your mind right now, and restore uh, your ability, that short-term memory issue that you're having right now. You're being, you're being healed of that right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And Father God, just thank you for your presence in this place. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your presence in this season. For Lord God, we seek you in everything. In Jesus' name, amen.